Do you want to start your DIY investing journey but are intimidated by all the work involved? Passive takes care of all the tedious parts of investing. All you have to do is choose a few stocks or ETFs you want to invest in, and Passive will do the rest. Get notified when your investments need attention and place all your trades with the click of a button. You can even connect multiple accounts to Passive and manage them all in the same place. Be your family's financial superhero and get Passive. Check us out at PassivePassiv.com or click on the link in the description. I'm Brett Chang, and this is your Peak Daily for Monday, December 20th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech news, all in less than seven minutes. I hope you had a great weekend, Peak Pals, and I don't know about you, but Friday can't come soon enough. I'm so ready for the holidays, and our beloved co-host, Jay Rosenthal, well, he couldn't wait. And so if you listened to our Friday episode, you would have heard that Jay has taken his family on a well-deserved vacation down south. So you know what that means? That's right, a week of solo episodes from me, but I will try to bring as much holiday spirit as I can to them. So sit back, sip some eggnog, and let's get you caught up on the news for today. Here's what we've got. For our first story, trade wars in this economy. For our second story, jumbo jets get less jumbo. And for our third story, new chair. For our first story, it may be the season of giving, but it sure looks like Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is readying his government for a multi-front trade fight with the United States. We've been talking about trade quite a bit for the past few months now. So here's a rundown on what we see as the next stage of our trade war with the U.S. So mandate letters for key cabinet ministers, which are basically instructions on what policies to pursue during the next session of parliament, reveal that the feds are gearing up to challenge the Americans on a range of trade issues. In the letters, Finance Minister Christia Friedland was asked to set reciprocal procurement policies. In other words, if the Americans start buying their stuff from U.S. businesses, we should make similar rules to benefit Canadian businesses. Freeland was also instructed to move forward with a digital services tax, we talked about this a few episodes ago, that the Biden administration has objected to. In Procurement Minister Philomena Tassi's letter, she received similar instructions to pursue balanced procurement opportunities with Canada's trading partners, and Trade Minister Mary Ng was asked to engage the United States on a range of trade disputes. Together, the message being sent is that we're willing to go to battle with the U.S. on big trade issues, including disagreements over electric vehicle tax rebates, duties on softwood lumber, and an ongoing ban on potato experts from PEI. We're one step away from them calling them freedom fries in the U.S., I'm telling you. So here's your takeaway from the trade battle. Like any serious relationship, our friendship with the U.S. includes its fair share of disagreements. But in this case, it probably is more about them than us. Specifically, President Biden's agenda of boosting U.S. manufacturing and jobs, even if doing so comes at our expense. And you know what? In our opinion, that's a little bit rude, President Biden or President Byron for the TikTokers out there. For our second story, Airbus ended production of the world's largest commercial airliner, the A380, with a final delivery to UAE-based airline Emirates. In case you haven't had the chance to fly on an A380, which is a pretty cool aircraft if you ask me, and I'm a bit of an aviation nerd, here's some background on the airliner. Launched in 2007, the A380, a two-story, four-engine jumbo jet with capacity for up to 853 passengers, it was pitched as the future of aviation. Airbus's original sales targets for the aircraft was 700, but as of last year, they only received 313 four-firm orders, and that was mostly from Dubai-based Emirates. While the plane has worked for some airlines, particularly those that rely on the hub-and-spoke model, most found the plane too costly and inefficient to meet their needs. The plane's unique design also required airports to build specialized infrastructure to receive the aircraft, which limited the number of destinations that the plane could fly into. 
In 2019, Airbus made the decision to cease production of A380s even before the pandemic granted this specific aircraft globally. The A380 was just too big and there was so little air traffic that almost all of them were grounded for over a year. And here's why the A380's demise is an interesting story. The A380 was an engineering marvel and it just didn't meet market demands. Since the announcement to end A380 production, Airbus has shifted their focus towards a more fuel-efficient and longer-range aircraft, such as their A350, so they can better compete with Boeing and their 787 Dreamliner. The Peak Daily is brought to you by our title sponsor, TELUS. TELUS is proud of their leadership to bring connectivity to as many Canadians as possible. TELUS also believes we must work urgently and collaboratively to ensure that 100% of Canadians and Indigenous peoples living in Canada, including rural Canadian and Indigenous communities, can get access to reliable, high-speed broadband networks and connectivity by 2025. Read about the rural communities TELUS has connected at telus.com slash connectingcanada. For our last story, Canada's current ambassador to China, Dominic Barton, is rumored to be next in line to chair global mining giant Rio Tinto. Well, here's the backstory about Don Barton. We've talked about him before, but a quick refresher. He was formerly the head of global consulting titan McKinsey. Don Barton left the firm in 2018 and was soon appointed as Canada's ambassador to Beijing. Barton announced earlier this month that he would resign from his diplomatic post at the end of 2021, and the business world has been keenly watching what his next move is. And that brings us to Rio Tinto. They're a global mining conglomerate, one of the biggest, with a total assets of around $90 billion. According to the Financial Times, Don Barton has become the frontrunner to take over as chairman of Rio Tinto's board, replacing current exec Simon Thompson. Dominic's experience in mining, he's currently on the board of Canadian Mining Co. Tech Resources, and extensive network in China from being ambassador there would be a benefit to Rio Tinto, which draws most of its revenue selling iron ore to Chinese steel mills. But Dom's move to Rio Tinto wouldn't be as clear-cut as it sounds. While Dominic Barton may be the perfect fit for Rio Tinto from a business perspective, some commentators are questioning the move given the nature of the public office he currently holds. Is it right for Canada's ambassador to China to immediately jump to a global mining giant so he can use the network that he developed while ambassador? Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. Thank you, Jay, from wherever you are. And I hope all the Peak Pals have a great Monday.